Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Thanks, Kath. Thanks, Phil. And like Nicole said, it's great to be with you. Um, Rob and Bon have asked us if we would uh, just Bon Hunter's oh, Rob. Yep, like all good senior lead pastors running around helping out. <laughs> uh, they've asked us to share for a few minutes what we felt was on the Father's heart for you guys at this really strategic and wonderful moment. And so, um, as Nicole and I have prayed. Uh, I I want you to get your Bibles open or your apps open. We're going to just open the Scriptures for a few moments and read together in a minute. But um, open it up to Colossians chapter 1. And uh, this morning, just just to sort of set the scene here for the next few minutes, uh, Colossians is a, um, a letter that's written by Paul. Paul's in prison. And uh, one of his workmates, Epaphras, comes to him. Epaphras is a church planter. He's a senior pastor of a local church. He's, he's, uh, he's seen God do good things in his community. Paul had never actually ever met this group of people. He'd never seen them. He'd, he, uh, he knew of them. He prayed for them, as we'll read in a moment. But um, Epaphras came to Paul at a, at a really significant time of um, noticeable change in the context and the culture that Epaphras was trying to do kingdom life in with the community of Jesus' people. And he was was rubbing up against a few things that that were close to the doorstep of their fellowship. And so he was like, I need to go and see Paul. So he goes and sees Paul's and and, and bends Paul's ear for a while with his concerns and his challenges as a senior pastor, as a church planter, and then, he, and then Paul writes this letter. And it's, an, it's a beautiful letter. The church that uh, Epaphras is uh, pastoring, they're, they're, they're experiencing some pressure. They're experiencing some cultural squeeze as, uh, as, as, as Paul writes this letter to them. Um, there are people who are, they've, they've given their lives to Christ. Jesus is their Lord. They've, they've come into living under the power of the Holy Spirit, who's transforming their everyday lives into kingdom life. And people are coming alive to Jesus. They're coming alive to each other. And they're coming alive with concern for their community. And as they're coming alive in all of that, the, the, the community and the spiritual atmosphere around them is not necessarily impressed with what Jesus is doing. And so Epaphras is like, how do we navigate this? Because the, the encroaching pressure is real. There are people, though, that Paul mentions, and we'll read this together in a moment, there are people of great faithfulness to Jesus And there are people who are living under the great faithfulness of Jesus towards them. 
And Paul reminds them of this. They're finding that doing this life of the kingdom with Jesus, being these good news people, it is a journey. And when you think you've journeyed, you journey some more. And there's this ongoing reality about it. They're at a time where there's some new sort of worldviews that that are coming around them culturally, and, it's, and they're having to wrestle as Jesus' people. How do, we, how do we navigate some of these cultural conversations that, that are taking these new world views that we've actually surrendered and given up to take on the world view of Jesus as Lord and all that that means? And they're at the crosshairs, the, cross, the crossroads of that. But one of the big sort of philosophies that was moving in the cultural conversations was to dethrone Jesus from his deity. It was to bring Jesus down just enough so that Jesus is not the creator through whom all things is made, but just let's just bring Jesus down enough and say he's a creation of God himself and take away his deity because if we can take away his highness his deity his lordship and just make him like every other created being then perhaps we don't have to adhere to the highness and the greatness and the newness of life that he's calling people to it's a big pressure on them and Epaphras is concerned for his people Jesus is being lowered in the hearts of the community. And so Paul writes to them, and he calls them in this moment to great devotion to Jesus. And if I could say this morning, it was wonderful to hear that devotion in our worship together this morning. Colossians is a beautiful letter from Paul. He, he re-enthrones Jesus to the high place amongst the people. Thanks, Phil. So as, as we've prayed, Paul's prayer in the opening of his letter to the Colossian church and Epaphras is our prayer for you here at Northridge. And it's our prayer for you, Rob and Bon, as the senior leaders of Northridge, as the senior pastors. Because at this most important moment, you are at a wonderful turning of the page into a new stage of story, of following Jesus together and living with his kingdom among you. We believe, as we've prayed, the Holy Spirit is calling you. The Holy Spirit is calling you to a place of renewed devotion to Jesus. It sounds like a really simple message, doesn't it? Let's read together. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 3, and we're, just, we're going to read through to verse 14. Um, Paul writes, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all of God's people. The faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have heard, already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world 
just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You've learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your great love in the Holy Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit brings so that you might live a life worthy of the calling of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people, in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. Just a few quick things there I want you to encourage you with this morning. Firstly, Paul's prayer is one where he's asking for the Holy Spirit to come. And not just once, and not just twice, and not just a third time, but continually. If there's one thing we as the Vineyard Movement, and I want to esteem Rob and Bon and and everyone that calls this place their spiritual home, I want to remind you of that esteemed value and practice that we have of not just welcoming the person of the Holy Spirit to lead us, but to partnering with what he's actually doing and bringing our life in step with the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to call you to that in this moment. And Paul says, be a people who are full, like full, not half full, not two thirds full, but full of the Holy Spirit. There's this Greek word there that he keeps praying that God would fill you. He would pleru is the Greek word you, which means to bring you to completion, fulfillment, actual arriving at the hope for which you live, living in the overflowing reality of accomplished living with the Holy Spirit. So these three things I want you to know. Firstly, this. Be a people who are known for your active welcoming of the Holy Spirit. You see, the journey, Paul says to Epaphras, and he says to us, it's one that it's going to take wisdom and understanding. We're living in a time where our words are measured. We're learning to, how, to use words culturally in appropriate ways that still bring the kingdom and bring people alive to Christ. This is, a, this is a big journey for us as Jesus' people. And we need wisdom and understanding. And we need to do this in a way that, above all else, pleases Jesus. Brings great joy to Jesus in the words that we use, in the way that we articulate his good news as his people. And Paul says, in this we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So my prayer for you is the Holy Spirit would fill your everyday, yes, Lord. 
your everyday coming and going, your daily choices, your stewardship, your relationships, your, the way you lead and the way you serve. That you would be a people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, a wise people, an understanding people, a gracious people, a people who please Jesus. There's nothing more pleasing to Jesus than being a people who welcome his spirit. This is where it starts. It pleases Jesus so much. How, what we do with that, whether we do it well in terms of the outworking of the obedience, whether we do it well in terms of we made a meal of it or we gave it our best shot in following you, Lord. How that works out is, is, is secondary. The primary thing that pleases Jesus is that you've welcomed his spirit. Keep welcoming his spirit. Come Holy Spirit is our prayer. Be filled with the Spirit is our posture and our experience. And to be led by the Spirit is our lifestyle. It pleases Jesus. Secondly, you ne we need to be a people filled by the Spirit because this journey we're on, this kingdom adventure, this mission with Jesus to see his world return to him, it's a long race. Now, Rob, I know you've started doing these sort of long-distance health initiatives. And um, I want to congratulate you on that. You'll probably find me at one of the water stations on the way cheering you on. But it's, you know, this, this journey we're on, like, like Rob's triathlons and he's cycling with all his mates, you know, you've you got to stop along the way and take a drink so you can get to the finish you got to stop along the way and take a drink to get to the finish. Great endurance is the nature of what we're participating in. We need the continual renewing work of the Holy Spirit. We need that daily, come fill me again, Holy Spirit, from the moment we rise and as we go to sleep at night, oh, fill me as I sleep tonight again, Lord. Fill my dreams, fill my body, fill my family Fill my church. Fill my community. Come, Holy Spirit. It's a long race, and this last year in particular, we've probably all noticed the marathon nature of trying to do this thing called community. It's one that's taken lots of patience, but that's a very strong work of the Holy Spirit. It's that tenacity to be able to say, we're going to hang in there for what Jesus has called us to. And I bless that patience to you in the name of Jesus. Big vision is a big journey. And one of the things, Robert, on you'll always hear from those who are in the seat behind you is, are we there yet? <laughs> if we're still asking that question, we haven't arrived. It's a long journey. It's one filled with challenge. It is one filled with delay. It is one filled with even times and seasons of disappointment and, and, and being disillusioned. But at the same time, it is exactly the same time, it is one of joy. Great joy that we can find Jesus even in the midst of the long journey. I want to bless you guys. Be faithful. Be patient. Be those enduring kind of Holy Spirit-led people who love Jesus enough 
to keep turning up. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And lastly, never forget this. Paul makes comment there to the Colossians and to Epaphras. He says, don't forget, guys, you have been led out from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is a spiritual war. There is a great spiritual war at play. And Paul reminds them, and he says to these guys, and he says it to us today, live like you've been rescued. Live like you've been saved. The Holy Spirit will empower you to live a life that's realized, I have been given a gift of life to live. Live every moment like that. Graciously freed, extending forgiveness to all around us in Jesus' beautiful name. Feeding those who are without and, and speaking up for those who have no voice. Live like your rescued people. Live under the Lordship of Christ. And we need the Spirit to lead us through these great spiritual contests because Jesus is advancing his kingdom and he's taking back what is rightfully his that the enemy has stolen and that humanity gave away. Jesus is restoring all things and that is a spiritual contest, friends. Never forget it. Be filled every day by the Holy Spirit. Let me finish by saying this. In this amazing moment today, it's a privilege to sit and stand and be with you guys and to worship with all of you. If there is one thing I could or two things I could say to you, it's this. In this season, let the Holy Spirit fill you and let your devotion to Jesus be made new. I want to finish by reading Paul's amazing poem about who Jesus is. Some of you might like to close your eyes and let the Holy Spirit inform you as I read this now from verse, for those though that do want to follow, verse 15. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn above all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him everything holds together. And he, he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he would have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwelling in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once we were alienated from God and we were enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. But now, now he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, 
This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen.